0: that song that uh um come thou long expected jesus i know uh, it's not it's not sing very often you don't hear it too much and i was hoping uh with everything that's going on going on in the week and scheduling and and uh i had forgotten that i actually put it into the order of services today to be honest with you and um when it popped up there i was quite thankful (coughs) <coughs> that it was because I like that song I was actually listening to it this morning um, when I was finishing off the book of Luke today uh, those of you who were doing the, the uh, Luke 1 through 24 or days 1 through 24 you've completed the whole gospel of Luke as you ended up today on the 24th and uh, that has been a blessing amen and uh, so speaking of Luke let's open up our Bibles to Luke in chapter 1 this morning uh, we are looking forward to this afternoon or this evening's uh, candlelight service beginning at four thirty. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Trust that you are. I love this time of year, and uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful blessing uh, to us. and And uh, one more service, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna close up shop, and then um, and then uh, and just kind of relax a little bit for a couple of days. Luke in chapter one, as Brother Andy ran so, read so well. Uh, Earlier today, we're going to go ahead and reread this now and uh, get into this message here this morning. I I believe it's timely. Uh, It is Christmas time. It is a Christmas story. I do want to say Happy Christmas Eve to everyone. And uh, it's a blessing to be together today this morning. Amen. Verse 26 tells us that in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused him whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy will. And the angel departed from her well, this is the Christmas story. This is what we hear this time of year, and uh, we should hear about it more often uh, than just one or two weeks in December, I personally believe that. But the Christmas story and leading up to the events of the birth of the Savior, is, it's well known throughout the world by many, but I, I wonder, have we ever considered Mary? Have we ever considered this little virgin lady, this little handmaiden of the Lord, and what it was, what it was entailed in the reception, if you will, of the news that she would bear the promised Messiah? I mean, beloved, you know, the coming Messiah was not a new story. This was not something that was unknown. It was, it was expected and searched for. For yet, for over four hundred years, the Lord had been silent to His people, but His people still were looking for that Messiah. So much, the so that even false doctrines of the, the messiah was developed by the pharisees and taught to the young people and they grew up uh, believing this this one messiah here messiah ben david messiah ben joseph one being the suffering savior to address isaiah 53 and the other one to be the ruling and reigning savior to address isaiah chapter 9 and we see this guys and they developed these things and, and the intertestament period guys even though they were quiet years Religion was developed in, a, in following a regimental rules of, overtaken by mankind, and the truth was forgotten by almost all, yet were many who remembered and held to the words of the prophet, especially when it came to the Messiah. So nevertheless, no one would have expected uh, what was to happen this night, this fateful night, if you will, when Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel. I want you to notice the first change here, guys, if we begin to look at this message titled today, And He Shalt Be Called. The first thing I want you to see that changed in Mary's life now was that which she was ordered. She was ordered. Notice with me there in verse 30, if you will. Verse 30 through 34. Uh, the Bible says, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the Son, and shalt call his name jesus and he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the lord god shall give unto him the throne of his father david and he shall reign over the house of jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end and then said mary unto the angel how shall this be seeing i know not a man and so when i say ordered guys i don't mean demanded or even commanded she was directed. She was determined. She was destined, if you will, to be the mother of the Christ child. Mary had now lost all control of her life. This angel did not come and ask her permission. This angel did not show up there and, and ask, Would you please bear the Son of the Most High? Would you please bear a child? And from the Holy- she, He didn't do that. Her life was now out of her control. She was under new control orders. She hasn't asked for this. There is no indication that she even expected it. And and for this matter, guys, even in her life, I don't think she ever considered that it would happen. Think about it, guys. She was engaged. She was betrothed. She was espoused. She was spoken for by Joseph, an upright and successful carpentry man. (laughs) He was a well-respected man with a reputation of integrity. And in these days, when the soon-to-be bride uh, should be planning for the wedding of her life, guys, a seven-day celebration, and they'd done everything right, they'd waited for that moment, and now the order step up to this dear lady, seemingly taking a turn in her life. I mean, she had never considered to be the one who would bring forth the Messiah. Everybody heard about it. You know, one of the things I was reading when finishing up after Christ was resurrected, He's on the road to Emmaus, right? <clears throat> so he's on the road to Emmaus, and he's he's chatting with those people. He's having a conversation with them, and, and they're they're hearing about you know uh, the, what happened that day. But the Lord had holden their eyes to know that he was Jesus. And then the Bible tells us over there in the book of Luke, later on in the chapter, it says then he beginning with Moses spoke unto them about himself. So beginning with Moses, and went all through the prophets. And Jesus spoke about who he was. Now, the same Moses in the same Old Testament that Jesus Christ was reciting and quoting on that road is the same Old Testament, the same prophets, the same Moses, that Mary and Joseph and the rest of their family would have read their entire life. But I don't believe she ever considered she would be the one who would bring forth the Messiah. I've often wondered, guys, and and you guys understand how my my imagination tends to work in in places at times. I've often wondered if young ladies, young maidens would would sit around and and wonder when they were kids or maybe play a game, uh, is it I, could it be me, is it me, something along that line. Who knows? But I don't see any indication that Mary ever considered she would have been the one chosen. However, the reality is there was always going to be a virgin there. Somewhere in the lineage of Judah, from Nazareth, who would bear a, the Christ child. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 7 and verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, behold a virgin, shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. There was always going to be someone, a young maiden, to be chosen to bear the Christ child. But here are the prerequisites. Think about it. We've already read Isaiah seven fourteen. There had to be a virgin, okay? So there were plenty of those around in those days. They were there in, uh, throughout the area. They had to be from Nazareth. There's another thing. Matthew says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 23, And he came forth, he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. He mentions the prophets, okay? This can only be Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11, and verse 1. <laughs> it says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his root. So first, it may be that Matthew is associated the word Nazarene with the Hebrew word nestor, which means branch uh, or sprout. The word branch, we understand, was a common term for the Messiah. We see that throughout Scripture. Some even believe that the reference could be referred to how the Messiah would be despised and rejected. John 1 and verse 46 says, and, and Nathanael said, coming to me, can there be any good thing coming out of Nazareth? Philip said unto hey, him, come and see. That's one of my favorite little scriptures right there. Philip's trying to win him to the Lord. He goes, hey, you know, Jesus of Nazareth. Hey, there's nothing good coming out of Nazareth. Well, come see. And we know what the rest of the story, Amen. It doesn't matter, guys, What if something ever good came out of Nazareth. It doesn't matter uh, what he's going to be referred to. The fact of the matter is this. The prerequisite was that he had to come out of Nazareth. The prerequisite was he had to come from a virgin. There was always going to be those things. And can you imagine being in the village, as part, this little area that was despised by uh, by others, wondering, is it going to be me or is it going to be my daughter? How is it going to happen? What's going to occur? Human nature has never been short of envy and or anger. It may be, maybe that's why they despise Nazareth so much. Because all the other villages and all the other tribes and all of the other people knew that prophecy was going to come true. And their Messiah will one day come out of that village. The other prerequisite we see, he had to be part of the tribe of Judah. He had to be part of the tribe of Judah. Again, John one forty six and Nathaniel said, uh, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. But John records in verses 5.5, five, or chapter 5 and verse 5 in the book of Revelation. He said, "And one of the elders saith unto him, Weep not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, have prevailed uh, to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. These are the prerequisites. The orders have now come to Mary that she is the chosen one. She is the one that has been spoken of for over seven hundred and fifty years plus. Isaiah Isaiah wrote his prophecy." 750 years before the Lord Jesus Christ was born on this earth. Even years and and centuries beyond that, we know that Moses spoke of the coming Messiah, the coming deliverer of the tribe of of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, of Jacob. He spoke of those things, the very same things that Jesus uh, shared on the road to Emmaus about himself. And now it's come down to go time. Now it's come down to... The revelation unto this young maiden by the name of Mary, this young lady who's now are given new orders. The beautiful part of that, guys, is that Mary had no quorums. Uh, let's just step aside just for a second. Let's do a sidebar. I, I I know I know what it's like to have your plan. I know what it's like to have your diary listed. Your tick list is on there. This is what I want to do. This is my five-year plan, ten-year plan. 20-year plan, X, Y, Z. I also know what it's like for all of those plans to be shifted upside down, torn into 100 pieces, shaken up like this right here, and then thrown back into your lap. I just want you to think about it now. What if God is doing something in your heart today, but you got your plan? Joseph, we're going to have a big wedding. We're going to have 1,500 people there. We're going to serve both seafood and steak. We're going to have it all. I mean, this is what we're going to do. I'm, I got the wedding planner down. I got the best one in the village. I got all of these things are good to go. We're ready. And lo and behold, an angel shows up. Well, hang on there, Gabriel. I got a wedding coming up in a couple minutes. We got a spring wedding. Are you kidding me? We've already put our deposit down. They've ordered the best wine, fruit juice, by the way. They've ordered the best food. I mean, they got the the fatty calf, and they can. I mean, listen, we've already lined up those those sons of, uh, of thunder over there to to bring in some fish. I mean, listen, I don't know if this is in my docket today. Mary didn't do that. We do that. We are the only ones that turn to God and say, "Hang on a second, let me see if I can fit you in." Let me see if I feel good enough today to follow your orders. Mary had no quarrels. She argued not with Gabriel on this outstanding, marvelous, outlandish announcement that he made unto her. She rather quickly obeyed. <clears throat> Look at the last verse we read, verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, that word behold means to look, watch this, I'm going to do something, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy will, the angel departed from her. We all have plans for special days, we all have plans for the new year, Uh, we have plans for uh, what we're going to do next year, most of you I hope, maybe you've sat down and and you've worked on some things uh, uh, that you want to improve for the new year. Um, I chose three things already. Uh, to start on, uh, on January 1. I'm not a resolution guy, that's not me. Uh, I do choose one word every single year that I want to live by. Uh, this past year was when. I got a new word for next year. It's just a singular word that I use to, to try to define the next 12 months. Uh, there are some changes I want in my life. There's some improvements I want in my life. There's some things that I'm going to remove from my life so that I can be successful with that, uh, with that word. And there's some things that I'm going to add into my life. So I can be successful with that word, Amen. And so, you know, we all have those things. All have those plans. But we have plans for our normal days, as well as our special days. So many have interpreted Mary as someone who, man, she had nothing to do. You know, they really have. You know, here's the problem: is our society, guys? We are a society of extremes. You know, all right. We either swing the pendulum over here and, and, you know, Mary is uh, uh, immaculate. She's a perpetual virgin as the perverts or the pagans uh, teach. And uh, uh, she, listen, Jesus had brothers and sisters. She wasn't a perpetual virgin, okay? Her and Joseph married, they consummated the marriage after Jesus Christ uh, was born. It said, and he knew not his wife until Jesus was born, amen. It's just a stupid doctrine for people to believe that stuff. They, they want to set Mary up as a co-redemptress for Jesus Christ. She is not that, amen. But we are a society of extremes. So then we want to go over here, and she's just nothing. Mary was just a, a deadbeat. She's just hanging around. She's just sitting around the house doing nothing, eating bonbons and you know, getting fat, and getting ready for the you know for the wedding because she's already spoken for. She ain't got to work anymore because she's already got the man, right? So there it is. You know, we do that. We we think that she's sitting around doing nothing, guys. She, maybe we people think that they're sitting around. She's waiting for the special announcement or for the marriage date. It's not even remotely to be true. You know, I, I believe that she would have began her day. Um, Sleeping somewhere, or waking up from her sleep—I mean, resting comfortably in in her beds—I believe, and I believe she'd have got up early while it was yet dark, and she'd have begun to work in the house and prepare food in the home, maybe for her siblings, maybe for her parents. I believe once she prepared the food and they had their meal together, that uh, she would have begun washing up, doing the washing up, and then the cleaning, and then preparing for the next meal. I believe she was a woman of integrity and a woman of character and a woman of labor. Why? Because she was chosen by God. Amen. And that means she's neither co-redemptress or nothing at all. She was someone that was blessed among women, not above women. Amen. Proverbs 31, woman, it lists all kinds of characteristics that are found. I believe Mary to be a strong woman, and yet she still obeyed. The angel says there in Luke 1, verse 28, the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Again, Proverbs 31, verse 10 tells us who can find a virtuous woman her price is far above rubies. Mary would have been a diligent laborer, guys. One who worked with her hands. Uh, You would not have found Mary sitting around texting left and right, scrolling here, scrolling there. Proverbs 31 and verse 15 said, She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. Proverbs 31, verses 17 and 19 says, She girdeth her loins uh, with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold to the staff. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. I believe I mentioned this on on Wednesday night, that, you know, we, we keep hearing the word pandemic. Everybody wants to shoot that word out there so we can hear it over and over and over and over, so everybody can just live in this utter fear, Okay. But now they're saying the the pandemic is going to kill more people in the world today. This is from America, so it's American statistics, and I believe it to be true, is the pandemic of inactivity, laziness, sitting around, thumbing and scrolling the phone, drinking this and drinking that, living a life not of luxury, of laziness. I wasn't married. God wasn't going to choose a vessel of dishonor. To bring forth the Son of God. Her day would have began early in the morning, guys. How do we know this? Again, verse 15, we've already read in Proverbs 31 that she riseth up while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She would have been a trustworthy and honorable soul. Proverbs 31 11 says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She would have been a girl filled with love and kindness. Proverbs 31, verses 20 and verse 26 says, She stretches out her hand uh, to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. I love that. Do you know what costs you absolutely zero in life? Just to be kind to someone. Now listen. If you're kind to people, people are going to take advantage of you. People are going to think that you have nothing else better to do but to wait on them hand and foot. Okay. They're going to not—they're not, not going to realize the schedule that you carry or the burdens that you may be dealing with, because they see you as being kind. Okay. We use the word nice today, but there's really and truly a—do you know what the word nice means? ever look up the etymology of the word nice? You're going to hate this. You're really going to hate me after this. And I apologize on Christmas Eve. right. The word nice, the etymology of it is a derivative of the word ignorant. How about that? Jesus Christ wasn't nice. He was kind. The Proverbs 31 woman wasn't nice. She was kind. Mary wasn't nice. She was kind. And yeah, so people are going to take you for granted. They are going to use you. Be kind anyway. It'll come back. It'll come back and help you one way or another. It'll come back and help somebody else one way or another. She was a person who was well-respected. Proverbs 31, verse 30 through 31 says, Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Giveth her fruit... uh, Uh, Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Go back to that verse 30. She shall be praised. And we come back to where the angel said, Blessed art thou, Mary. Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. She obeyed, guys. With all of these qualities, with all of these attributes, Guys, when her life became a different order, she immediately obeyed. She could have sat back and said, Well, man, I've done all these things. I'm nice. I said the word nice. I'm kind. I'm loving. I work. I do all these things. And I just want to have a great marriage. I just want to have a great wedding. I just want to have a great celebration. It's my turn, my time. No. You see, her integrity and her attributes and her character, even when the orders were changed, Result in her obeying, because that's who Mary was. Notice the confirmation through the occurrence. Read down uh, verse 39, verse 42. 39 says, And Mary arose in those days, and went went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And it entered into the house of Zechariah, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary... The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Despite the amazing news, guys, despite what had happened in her obedience to the angel saying, be, let thy will be done. Let your will go ahead. You you I, I am I am your handmaiden, the handmaid of the Lord. Is obedient unto you. An occurrence that she had, she neither prepared for or anticipated. All was confirmed, guys, of the pregnancy, but Christ, the Christ child within her. And beloved guys, just imagine what it would have been like—the the the excitement, the amazement. I mean, <coughs> if we think about these things and we look at these things and we and we break them down. We preach and we speak about things that have yet to come in our life as Christians. But one day they are. Israel had heard of Messiah being born of a virgin for thousands of years. Israel had heard of a deliverer that was going to deliver them uh, from uh, their enemies for thousands of years. They had read and they expected the Messiah, the Savior, the one that would rule the uh, the earth during the millennial kingdom with a rod of iron. They knew these things from Moses onward. But this day it finally happened. There's a difference in obeying in belief, except in the orders that have changed your life and when the occurrence actually happens. Did you know that the first acknowledgement, the first to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ was an unborn babe? Oh beloved, how blessed is it to stop and think when he that an angel made that announcement, and he shall be called Jesus, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which being thus being interpreted, God with us. And yet the first one to acknowledge the Messiah is an unborn baby. There's proof of life if you ever need it. Her choice when she lost control, this blessed maiden, her life to become ordered was to refuse or to obey. And Mary chose the latter. But it was the occurrence that happened that gave her the assurance as well. Beloved, well, I want to encourage you today as we, we're going to celebrate our candlelight service tonight. We're looking forward to that 4.30. I don't know if that's nighttime or not. I'm going to celebrate with family today and tomorrow, and I hope for a couple of days. I hope you guys take some time off, and I hope you spend some time with your loved ones, and you, you relax over the next couple of days. But when we do this, when we take this time, we're going to sing about Jesus Christ. And I love it. Well, hey, his name's above all names. Amen. That's my Savior. But I love the surrounding characters of Christmas time. I love Mary. I love the idea. Now I'm going to say something weird, but don't, don't, don't take it too weird. You know, I try to step in her shoes. Now I can't have a baby. I understand that. But when I say step in her shoes, what I mean by that is, I got everything planned out. This is what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, hmm, we're going to change things a little bit. I think about Joseph, this man of wonderful integrity, successful businessman, loved his wife, was going to put her away privily to keep her from a public shame. And the angel visited him and says, don't do it. Everything's all good. I'm going to be with you. Yeah, you're going to have some people to say some things, but you just hold back. We're going to be all right. I think about Simeon on that eighth day of Jesus' life, that old man that was promised that he would see the Christ, that he would see the Messiah. And he took that baby in that temple, and he held Jesus up just like that. And he says, my eyes have seen the glory of God. Guys, this is not just a time to celebrate, and recognize, and enjoy family. It is a time to remember the glorious thing that happened that brought the Savior in fulfilling the prophecies, but that brought the Savior into this world so that you and I are given a choice and an opportunity to have eternal life. I think about those things today, and I pray that you do too, because his name shall be called. Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Thank you for the moment, the time that you've given us this morning. I pray that you please would guide us into the right way, lead us to a place of safety. Take your scriptures and write them upon the table of our heart. Lord, as we sing our closing hymn today, let us be mindful of that which we've heard and of how Mary was so willing, a willing vessel, Father, to be used of you in fulfilling this prophecy that was written so long before. Let it be a character that we would be willing to take on, that despite the circumstances and situations surrounding us in life, despite the change of orders, despite the schedule interruptions, that we would put you first and foremost, that we would live a life as what we are, ambassadors of Jesus Christ, so that the world may see you both in deed and in word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I do hope the preaching and teaching of the Word of God was a blessing to your heart and your mind this morning.